Hi, my name is Dan Ariely, and welcome to Arming the Donkeys, a weekly podcast about science. Every week, I will talk to one researcher about one project We'll have a chat about what they found and what it means for our lives. What leads a respected researcher to publish a study with fraudulent data? How can a noted scholar simply make up findings for a scientific paper? In light of several high-profile incidents, many in the academic world are wrestling with these troubling questions. Joel Inbar, an assistant professor of social psychology at Tilburg University in the Netherlands, joins Dan Ariely for a look at dishonesty among academics. Recently in Tilburg, there was this uh, case about academic dishonesty. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if you could uh, kind of describe in short what was the case of this dishonesty, and then I, I want to ask you a few questions about it. Yeah, so uh, really briefly, uh, Diederik Stoppel, who was a dean and a professor here, he was a well-known researcher in social psychology, uh, had won numerous awards, was well-respected, had published in the best journals, gotten a lot of grant money. Um, he was found to have made up, well, at least the majority of data of his data in the last five years, uh, perhaps uh, going back even further than that. So it wasn't that he collected data and then altered it to look better. It was that he just made it up out of whole cloth, just sat down and invented this data. And, and you say it's, it wasn't just. So what are you referring to, that, that the practice of uh, kind of trimming data is, is more acceptable than making up whole new data sets? Well, I think if you look at this sort of stuff on a continuum, there's stuff that maybe we acknowledge that some people do, but that we wouldn't want to call outright fraud. So, for example, that might be like optional stopping. So you look at your data, does it look good? Then you stop. Does it not quite look good? Then you still run another 20. Mm-hmm. Now, this is something that we can agree as a field that's not a good thing for us to do. On the other hand, just, just it's to not be clear, something we run would call around, outright fraud, right? Yeah, just, just to be clear, run around another 20, you mean p- continue running more participants in the study. Exactly. So, so you, have, exactly you have a study, right. you stop, the data, the data doesn't look good, you continue running studies, but if the data look, look good, you stop there. And, and because you of that, your stopping then, point... Yes might influence what's going on. And that's, it's dishonest, but we don't think of it as something that somebody is actually planning in advance. Exactly. While, while what Diedrich did seemed to be, I mean, there's no other interpretation, but he actually went ahead and made, made up data. Right. So sat there with an Excel spreadsheet to just enter what people would have responded and pretend that people actually responded this way. How do you think this started? Why, why, why was he doing this? Was he just um, kind of a cold, calculated, uh, dishonest person who was just out there to, to cheat? Because, you know, if I have to think about all the ways to cheat in the world, this doesn't look like, like one that would get you the most uh, value for your effort. To me, the most plausible explanation feels like, you know, you start by fudging a little bit by, let's say, dropping a few people and then you progress to, let's say, actually altering some data points. And then finally, you decide, what the hell, uh, I'm just going to make this up. Why even bother running subjects at all? On, on the other hand, you know, there are people who, for whatever reason, will just act in ways that are totally inconsistent with the, with the norms that we have. 
so who will just kind of unabashedly lie. And I can't, I can't rule out that he maybe was one of those people. He, he had certain elements of kind of, he was very kind of charming and uh, manipulative in a way, I guess you might say, that, that seems to be characteristic of people who can sort of lie remorselessly. Now, this, this yes. goes back to the issue of self-deception. So if somebody cheats and then know that they are cheating, presumably they would not be able to derive... So ego benefit could be about portraying to other people how smart you are. So if I cheated on something and uh, I'm able to portray to other people, that's, that's one thing. But, but if somebody is truly proud, it means that they've somehow convinced themselves that this is real. Yeah. Right? And, and yeah. do you think in his case, once, once he faked the data, he believed that there was something real about it? Somehow he trusted his intuition so much that he said, oh, this is just correct. I don't even need to go through the motions of collecting data and showing that this is what actually, what actually works in the world? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And it's noteworthy that he did work very hard to fine-tune a theoretical story and a set of predictions and a set of stimuli and all of this stuff that seems crazy, seeing as how he knew from the get-go that he wasn't actually going to run any subjects. But I think this was a way of convincing himself that the fact that he didn't run any subjects was sort of a technicality. Uh You know, it would have turned out that way. It's just, uh, you know, he couldn't be bothered. Yeah, but but he did he did bother about all kinds of other aspects that that made it perhaps uh, more convincing for for himself and for others that this was indeed a scientific endeavor and not just uh, speculating about results. Yes, I I think he entirely believed that had he bothered to run it, it would have worked. Yeah, and and you do you with all this experience and you were you were part of the players in in this whole uh, tragedy as it was it was unfolding. What is your kind of current outlook on the nature of science after all of this? Huh. Yeah, you know, to be honest, I worry less about these sort of isolated cases of outright deception. And I worry much more about the little things that are kind of seen as more or less acceptable in the field that add up to serious bias. So I don't think most researchers could just make up data and tell themselves that You know, it was real because it would have turned out that way. But I think it is easy to fool yourself that, oh, you know, this condition, it looks anomalous, but I'm sure there's something else going on there. You can make up some sort of story for, like, why it didn't really work. Let's just drop that one and report the other three. You know, stuff like that I think is uh, more common than we'd like and, and isn't exactly fraud, but it's also in the aggregate, very bad for science. This has been Arming the Donkeys, a weekly podcast with Dan Ariely of Duke University. Dan's latest book is The Honest Truth About Dishonesty. Learn more about dishonesty, irrationality, and other human quirks at danariely.com. Danariely.com